Hello, welcome to Carmelite Conversations. This is Francis Harry, your host. Today I want to share with you a presentation given to the Secular Order of Discalced Carmelites in Dayton, Ohio. The presenter is Colleen Solinger. She is a professed member of the OCDS and she's also the Director of Formation. Her presentation is on the six M's which cover the specific obligations one has as a secular discalced Carmelite member. But this presentation isn't only for new members. It's also for you seasoned members as well. There are many points brought up that challenge us all, many golden nuggets. Additionally, many of our saints are referenced. It is one of the best talks on the six M's that I've ever heard. But first, let's start with an opening prayer. I selected one particularly focused on vocations to Carmel. So let us draw inward. Let's get recollected and be with our Lord as we pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, who did fill the soul of the Blessed Virgin Mary with the spirit of interior prayer, and zeal for her son's mission of salvation and sanctification of the souls. Inspire in the hearts of many men and women a vocation to her order of Carmel, that they may plentifully receive of this spirit and generously communicate it to others. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now I joyfully present to you the six M's by Colleen Solinger. All right, the six M's, the reminders of our commitment. Now there are six things required of us as secular Carmelites. These are known as the six M's and there's something we hear about at our very first meeting as visitors. They are meditation, morning, evening, night prayer, mass, Mary, meetings, and mission. This, these six M's have their roots in the rule of St. Albert, which was adopted by the Carmelite rule 800 years ago. And when Marika suggested a community presentation on the six M's, my first thought was, oh yes, that's easy. Then it occurred to me that the majority of the audience here <laughs> for this presentation consists of people who are very well versed in the six M's because they've been practicing it for years. And so that seems like a bit more of a challenge. But you know, when you think about it, it's not a bad idea to examine the foundations every now and then. We're human. We will forget to tend to our most treasured relationships. We get complacent with those who mean the most to us and God does not escape our tendencies towards acedia. Therefore, this overview of the six M's is meant for new and seasoned Carmelites alike. For this presentation, I will be sharing quotes from a few different sources, the writings of Carmelite saints, um, the OCDS constitutions, the Washington province statutes, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and the writings of Father Aloysius Dini in Welcome to the Secular Order of Discalced Carmelites. All right, so the first M, meditation or mental prayer. The constitutions say, Carmelite seculars will commit themselves daily to spending time in the practice of mental prayer. This is the time to be with God and to strengthen their relationship with him so that they can be true witnesses to his presence in the world. The statutes say, practice mental prayer for at least 30 minutes each day in an atmosphere of interior silence and solitude. Now, many people who come to Carmel already devote this kind of time to prayer. It's why they're attracted to Carmel in the first place. 
for those who have years of practice weaving Carmel into daily life, for whom this prayer time is just a part of routine, I ask you to consider a line I came across recently. Are you truly alone with God during your quiet prayer time, or are you just hanging out with yourself? Don't neglect God's presence just because this prayer time has become routine. Recall St. Teresa's famous quote, for mental prayer, in my opinion, is nothing else than an intimate sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. Over the years, we become more proficient at praying continually throughout the day. You might be doing well at flipping your omelet in the frying pan for the love of God, as Brother Lawrence says, but it's still essential to have the time dedicated just to God. Our 30 minutes a day is what helps us be as close to God as St. Elizabeth of the Trinity felt. I love this quote of hers. Give peace to my soul, make it your heaven, your beloved dwelling and your resting place. May I never leave you there alone, but be wholly present. All right, the next one, morning and evening and night prayer. The statutes say, secular Carmelites will unite their prayers with those of the universal church by participating in the church's liturgical celebrations. Morning and evening prayer of the liturgy of the hours are to be prayed each day. The praying of night prayer is highly encouraged. It's good discipline to have obligatory prayer you haven't chosen for yourself. If you only choose what pleases you, says Father Dini, that's not prayer, that's self-consolation. With everything else about your prayer life, you can choose what suits you, you know, as far as your spiritual reading, how you approach your quiet time. But secular Carmelites are asked to pray morning and evening prayer in union with the church spread throughout the world. I was chatting once with a friend who said she couldn't get into the Psalms as a way of prayer, and I sympathized with her as I didn't really appreciate them before coming to Carmel and learning to pray them in the Liturgy of the Hours. However, I also think about what St. Teresa says about how the devil might lead you to think that some devotions are no, not worthwhile, you know, like if you don't feel it, but she says do them anyway. Um, I'm grateful now that I have had the opportunity to do them anyway and thus get to know the Psalms. Um, I think it's beautiful that in praying the Liturgy of the Hours, we're joining with prayer, joining in prayer with Catholics around the world. As well, it's amazing to consider that these are the same Psalms that were prayed by Jesus and the Apostles. What a, an amazing heritage we have in this treasure. The next M would be Mass. Secular Carmelites will seek, within the limits imposed by their secular state, to participate in daily Mass whenever possible. When attendance at daily mass is not possible, reflection on the scripture readings of the day is encouraged. But the holy sacrifice of the mass is the source and summit for Catholics. Both new and experienced Carmelites would not dispute this. Since we all agree that it's good, let's consider um, the disposition of our hearts as it pertains to this M of the six Ms. St. John of the Cross warns us often of how we can have unhealthy attachments to good things, and the holy sacrifice of the Mass is, alas, no exception. St. John of the Cross mentions Mass in particular and warns us of a possessiveness that we can sometimes bring to prayer by not willing what God wills, but what we ourselves will. He says this in Ascent. Um, Father Mark Foley mentions it in his book on reflections of the Ascent of Mount Carmel. He says there's nothing wrong with having personal preferences about how mass is celebrated because, you know, we're only human. However, we shouldn't be attached to our preferences. The inordinate attachment of having the liturgy tailored to one's taste that one becomes so obsessed with the externals of the ceremony that one's mind is taken off God. 
Although St. John and Father Foley were addressing the particulars of the Mass, um, these passages came to mind um, over the last number of months when I'd come across articles and discussions amongst Catholics who were about whether attending Mass is a right, a privilege, or an obligation. And my goal today isn't to enter end into any of those arguments, but to illustrate that attitudes towards Mass is not a new concern since St. John of the Cross was writing about it 450 years ago. So what is our disposition when we attend Mass? I'd like to share the example of Père Jacques, the French discalced Carmelite friar and teacher who was arrested by the Nazis for hiding Jews in his boarding school for boys. He ended up in various concentration camps serving as infirmarian despite his own failing health. Père Jacques was described as having had mastered the art of con contemplative prayer in an environment where he was shut off from both the sacramental life of the church and the beauty of nature. Nonetheless, he could experience God's transcendence in contemplating the vastness of the heavens and the still of the night, and he could find the presence of Christ in caring for the sick in their misery. Père Jacques was stripped of everything in ways we are unlikely to ever experience. Um, it's a sobering thought for me personally when I consider how easy it is for me to be distracted from what I should be focusing on at Mass. Here's a striking quote from the Catechism that explains what the Mass is for us if we will what God wills and not what we ourselves will. Having passed from this world to the Father, Christ gives us in the Eucharist the pledge of glory with him. Participation in the Holy Sacrifice identifies us with his heart sustains our strength along the pilgrimage of this life, makes us long for eternal life, and unites us even now to the church in heaven, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and all the saints. Which brings us to our next M, Mary. Our primary devotion to Mary is to regard her as our model of contemplative life and emulate her in our mental prayer and our practice of the presence of God. That's in the statutes. We are a Marian order. We wear the scapular. We are encouraged to touch base with our Heavenly Mother every day. And this could take the form of a rosary, perhaps praying a Marian litany or praying the Angelus. Father Dini writes, our first and primary devotion to Mary, however, is expressed in meditation, looking as Mary did at the life of Christ and meditating on these things in her heart. And the Marian prayers lead us to this. Uh, this is from the Constitutions. For the secular Carmelites, Mary is a model of total commitment to God's kingdom. She teaches us to listen to God's word in scripture and in life, to believe in it in every circumstance in order to live its demands. All this she did without understanding many things, pondering them in her heart until light dawned through contemplative prayer. As Carmelites, we embrace this idea of pondering the mysteries of God in our hearts. While we pray the Rosary of the Angelus, let us remember that we can be practicing the presence of the Blessed Mother at the same time. Call on her, make her a part of your day. Like Jesus and the apostles, she would have known the Psalms we pray in the Liturgy of the Hours. In fact, we pray her words in the Magnificat every evening. So don't just pray to her, pray with her. Um, I think that St. Therese captures this well in a section from a poem that she titled, Why I Love You, O Mary. It's a rather lengthy poem, and here's just one stanza from it. While waiting for heaven, O my dear mother, I want to live with you, to follow you each day. Mother, contemplating you, I joyfully immerse myself, discovering in your heart abysses of love. 
Your motherly gaze banishes all my fears. It teaches me to cry. It teaches me to rejoice. Instead of scorning pure and simple joys, you want to share in them. You deign to bless them. Those are words of someone who has, who knows an intimate relationship with the Blessed Mother. Our next M meetings from the statutes, the secular will faithfully attend monthly meetings. Meetings are an essential component in the life of the discalced Carmelite secular. When you become a Carmelite, you make a commitment to the community. You promised to make meetings a priority in your life. Um, I remember being told, I can't remember if it was as a visitor or as an aspirant to, you know, you think of your attendance here is more than you would a book club or even a Bible study or a membership at the gym or the, and the like, where you can come and go and people don't really care so much. Your presence here though is as important as your presence at the family Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner. No one wants to have to explain to the matriarch why they can't be for there for Thanksgiving. So, you know, neither should you want to have to tell Our Lady Mount Carmel why you didn't prioritize your Carmelite meetings, right? Father Dini puts it this way, people who do not come to meetings cease to be members even if they are still on the rolls. An important aspect of being a member of the secular order and this community is that we're what we are learning is more than just personal formation. We're formed as a community. We learn from each other. The statutes mention the need for each member to complete formation, initial and ongoing, because the need for formation doesn't go away once we are definitively promised. Now, lest you think council doesn't recognize that there are legitimate obligations that could keep you from Carmel, here's another passage from statutes. Definitively promised members who become homebound due to age or illness continue to be full extended members of the local community. The community will show fraternal charity to these valued members. But it's not just homebound elderly who are granted this fraternal charity. Um, I know this from experience, and I know others in the community could share their own stories as well. Um, I began my first year in Definitive Promise class at the end of my last pregnancy, and then suddenly had a missing meeting due to bed rest. And then in those newborn months, um, with a baby heavily dependent upon me, I wasn't able to stay for the entire length of a meeting. Well, why did it work? Well, the key was communication. I'd let the president and my formation leader know what, I, what was going on. I met my Carmelite obligations as best I could. Um, council allowed for the flexible attendance policy because it was a short-term thing and I was attending in the best capacity I could, faithful to keeping these six M's as much as I could at home. So communicate with council, president, and your formation leader when you're unable to attend a meeting or community event. In the statutes, it states, some general principles should be kept in mind. Recognition that members have legitimate obligations and God-given responsibilities that may at times conflict with the responsibilities of the OCDS community. Such conflict should be the exception in an OCDS vocation. So do your best. Attendance is required. Yes, conflicts arise, but they should be the exception and not the custom. In the end, a community hopes to nurture an environment where members want to come together, not just because it's a duty, but because we're a family. From the constitutions, prayer, formation, and a joyful atmosphere are essential for deepening friendly relationships and ensuring for everyone mutual support in the daily living out of the Trisian Carmelite lay vocation. And finally, mission. The statutes state, participation in community life is an essential part of the secular Carmelite's vocation. Participation in community life is what makes the difference between a vocation to the order of Carmel 
and a mere attraction to Carmelite spirituality. For there's a difference and something to consider if you're still discerning and something to remember if you are already definitively promised. You made a commitment to the community. Does this Carmelite mission sound familiar? To know God so that he may be known? It's there on our community website. This is a personal mission indeed for a secular Carmelite. It's also our community mission. So let's look at this, the twofold nature of this. Know God so that he may be known. In the OCDS constitutions, we're told that the vocation to the Teresian Carmel is the commitment to live a life of allegiance to Jesus Christ, pondering the law, Lord's law day and night and keeping watch in prayer. Faithful to this principle of the rule, St. Teresa placed prayer as the foundation and basic exercise of her religious family. Prayer is primary. We cannot live our Carmel mission without prayer. This is the to know God part of the to know God so that he may be known. The Washington province statutes state that the secular will share in the duties and responsibilities of the community as designated by the local council and as well participate in some way in the community apostolate. Prayer and apostolate where they are true are inseparable. So, they, so that he may be known portion of the mission is explained in the constitution serving God's plan. We are here to serve. We serve other by participating in the life of our mother of good council community. How? Well, we serve on council, we serve by planning retreats and events, uh, as providers of hospitality, serving as treasurer, librarian, or secretary, leading formation, assisting at mass or holy hours. And I haven't left off any position because it's not important, but because there are so many different ways that you can find your niche that I, I couldn't even think of them all. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just, there's so many. Um, we serve the world beyond our community as well. It's what we call our apostolate. So that he may be known, we have our podcast, Carmelite Conversations. When there's not a pandemic, there are the Teresian prayer groups, the various Carmelite feast day masses, public novenas, classes or seminars on Carmel Carmelite spirituality. It's an attitude of service. I haven't been able to find the source. Maybe somebody knows which Carmelite said it. And so, my fellow Carmelites, ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. So how do you participate? You might be asked to help out by a member of council or the formation director. You might see opportunities for signups in an email or the monthly newsletter. If, we ha if you have a gift that we don't know about, let us know. For example, if you can sing, we're happy to have you help out with a communal evening prayer. Um, if there's a Carmelite-related Carmelite topic that you'd love to share, let Frances know and she will have a Carmelite conversation with you. There's a Carmelite whose quote I could track down. It's St. Teresa and it's from Interior Castle and it's what we'll close with. This is the reason for prayer, my daughters, the purpose of this spiritual marriage, the birth always of good works, good works.